Lisboa, Bruxelas, Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. I'm Dino, a Slovenian journalist working at Euronet Plus, a radio network bringing you this podcast and your host. Today's topic, regulating the internet. Today's guest, Oleksandr Pomoshnikov, Chief Business Development Officer at Ucontrol, a Ukrainian IT company that creates services based on open data. Oleksandr, from where are you connected with us now? Uh, yeah, hello everybody. Uh, my name is Alexander Pomoshnikov. I'm the chief business uh, development uh, from the Ukrainian company Ucontrol. We are Ukrainian IT company and uh, now we are in the Ukraine. And uh, we're ready to tell you a lot of uh, interesting information about the future and, uh, of course, about the use uh, communication this all over the world. I hope you and your family are safe. For the start, maybe you could present U-Control for us in a few sentences. Uh, uh, the U-Control is Ukrainian IT company which develop uh, and providing a financial monitoring system for compliance, investigation and all our information based uh, by the open data sources and uh, we are helping banks, financial companies, uh, insurance, uh, companies who uh, who check in tax debts and uh, another. And, uh, but uh, Dina, as I understand uh, in this topic, uh, I, I need to uh, tell you not only about our company, uh, but for the most understandable in our way, I think I need to uh, make some example. Uh, because this this example, uh, all your listeners uh, can understand the whole situation uh, in the financial world, for example, and uh, uh, the uh, some situation, uh, what we are looking for, what we are creating, and can you use it? So you are helping people understand the backgrounds of different companies. Could you take us through the process to make things a bit more understandable? For example, uh, you are a young freelancer who develops uh, features, uh, sells decisions, uh, sells or buys uh, cryptocurrency or any another young entrepreneur who wants to do international cases and increase his common. And uh, you are constantly working and improving and uh, one day an international company, there's a good order comes to you. Suppose from Europe or from the uh, United Arab Emirates or these countries. And this company asks you to place an order for them and pays well. You are glad to have such terms and natural agree. And uh, at the end of the work, uh, you get paid uh, for your work. Everything seems promising to you, but... Of course, you are happy and uh, look to the future with optimism. But uh, your next case is uh, even bigger than uh, the previous one. A large international company comes to you with the same set of jobs, uh, but at the final stage of uh, decision making, uh, the company doesn't want to, to cooperate with you as a freelancer. You ask why, but... Uh, and they give you an answer. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to cooperate with you because we found that your accepted payments from the company 
the name uh, they name uh, the company from your lucky previous case that you were happy with and they say that this company has a, a connection with the russian company under the sanctions and after such uh, a twist of fate uh, your freelance career is buried this trace will not disappear and the big companies will never partner with you what you need to do in such situation is to check the companies uh, with which you work at their uh, connections and we you control company are developing online platforms uh, based on the open uh, data sources with which you can check the connections of a company or individual and their connection this uh, political exposed person uh, uh, the persons uh, from the sanction lists and the company uh, for the presence of uh, Russian and Belarusian traces. Let's now travel around Europe with our regular section, The Voice of Gen Z, in which we present voices of youth from different countries. The Euronet Plus radio network is present in Lithuania and Spain as well. And that's where we're heading now to hear Jonas's and Cesar's views on internet regulation. In general, the market is shrinking. For example, music piracy is practically solved with Spotify and YouTube apps. But things that existed around 10 years ago, like Torrent, are still alive and kicking. And their market, I would say, stabilized and industrialized. Back in the day, the content there was very chaotic. You never knew you might get the cat in the sack. Now there are already certain publishers. They are known since they all release films. There is a standard quality and agreed formats. There are ones released that look like Netflix even. You just click on one app and watch a movie illegally. It is also possible to subscribe to series, so they get downloaded immediately. The whole industry has become industrialized. It has become more accessible to consumers. But Clearly, it remains illegal. Just because it is easier to use it does not make it right. We can conclude that everything continues to work. The percentage of minors with a mobile device has increased so much that the average age of accessing this device for the first time is 11 years old, which means that many get their own cell phone at an even younger age. In addition, at least one in four adolescents has unlimited access to data and half have a connection linked to a contract, that is, an open door to consumption without limits or restrictions. But what is most significant to me is that 40% of young people do not even know if their mobile is prepaid and 22% do not know what volume of data they usually have per month. Virtually everyone, 98%, has a Wi-Fi connection at home, which perhaps influences the latter. That is to say, the volume of consumption and the cost of the online connection is something quite alien to them, which they do not worry about. They do not know what it costs because they are not the ones who pay or manage the contract, nor do they need to limit themselves in data consumption to make ends meet. And now, Alexander, a few personal questions for you. What is your favorite memory? Memory. Um, uh, 
when when my kids uh, was was born I, I look all this uh, and uh, it was one of the fantastic memories of all my life but the second and the most uh, important for me of course it's a large scale invasion russian in the territory of the ukraine uh, for those times my kids was seven and four years my son uh, was seven years old and my daughter four years old and it was a terrible because in the five uh, four in the morning uh, we heard uh, some crashed uh, or crashed bombs near from our house uh, my kids sleeping but i'm always uh, thinking about his future and uh, now we didn't all the ukrainians now didn't think about the memories for all our memories it's uh, it's memories about our life uh, before 2030 because uh, we talk now about second wave but the war in the ukraine it's a war uh, which takes uh, eight last years and uh, maybe uh, europe society uh, forget about it but uh, you know the and the history knows uh, oh i'm so sorry i i cannot talk about this because my emotions now it's so high because i'm so sorry thank you very much alexander for openly talking to us it's hard to describe with words how important it is for the european audience to hear brave stories like yours Please advance only if you feel comfortable. Alexander, what is your worst fear? Uh, our fear, okay, uh, our fear, uh, my own, our fear, uh, it, like as a Ukrainian as a nation and like as Ukrainian product, we didn't have any fears because now we have uh, tasks and all these tasks they can create. Of course, this is the help of the European Union. But if we talk about our personal fear, my personal fear, it's a fear about the future of my kids and the fear about our nation, about the price of all this fight, because regular and every day we lost a lot of people now i mean not only soldiers i mean kids i mean women. i want that you didn't uh, i hope you never forget uh, all these terrible stories about donetsk mariupol Bucha, irpin it's a very important it's our memory and if you look inside our memory and about uh fear all uh, all the ukrainians we want to live in peace. Uh, we want to live uh, with a perfect uh, uh, neighbors like as Poland, but we didn't want to have any cooperation with Russia, with the Russian government, because we all know that it's, it's a country with uh, unbelievable uh, level of uh, lie, not for all the world. First of all, for his uh, own citizens, and of course it's important the same and first of all uh, about our fears uh, our fears it's our uh, it's our future but uh, 
we believe that our future is uh, so much perfect, better perfect than now, of course. And of course, it's a future with our victory. And this one is a bit easier. What is your biggest wish? Now, the most bigger wish, our victory. The victory of the Ukraine. Thank you, Alexander. In our next regular section, The Watchdog's Perspective, we look at different topics from a specific perspective, the one of a journalist. Today's comment was sent to us by Artur Panasiuk, a journalist at Polski Radio, a member of the Euronet Plus radio network through which we are traveling now. Let's visit Poland and Artur. To be honest, Polish regulations about using internet are very similar to regulations which are known in European Union. Every person has an equal right to serve, publish and download information from a World Wide Web, but if we are talking about downloading files from the web, we need to be very very careful because we might break the law. A lot of files are restricted. For example, downloading music, ebooks, movies and even a TV series is not forbidden in Poland, but if we are using them only for personal use. But if we are sharing these files all over the internet, it's not legal and could push us to the jail. We've heard about a few sentences, for instance, a few weeks ago in Poland we've heard about first one and only judgment. One of our institutions sentenced a 50-year-old man for two and a half million zlotych because he was sharing a signal from pay-per-view all over the internet. Right now, to this day, it is called the biggest sentence in Poland for hacking in World Wide Web. And what has the EU been up to in the field of internet regulation? With the Digital Services Act regulation, platforms will have to quickly remove illegal content. Social networks as well will have to suspend users who frequently breach the law. This regulation will also force e-commerce sites to verify the identity of suppliers before proposing their products. Source, France 24. However, Alexander, what is your advice for our young listeners? How can they recognize suspicious backgrounds on the internet? Uh, at first, you need to understand that uh, if you want to check some of the companies, uh, you need to check it uh, inside the government open data registers. But uh, not all the countries open these registers, and you need to understand that. Thank you, Alexander. Thanks everyone for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava, 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 Vars